All the episodes you will hear on this podcast are the audio versions of the video content on the Great Light Studios YouTube channel. If you would like to watch the video version of this episode, you can find a link in the show notes. For those of you who may not know, I do rely on monthly financial supporters to continue doing everything I do through this platform. If you are blessed by the resources produced through Great Light Studios and want to help support me in continuing to do all this, then you can find information about how to in the show notes of this episode. And also, would you consider leaving a five-star review on this podcast? Positive reviews go a long way in helping to get this content pushed out to more people. With all that said, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So I'm going to continue on responding to, well, in my mind, I have specifically one comment that I've kind of been responding to in the past couple of videos, but really there's been sort of a conglomeration of comments centered around the same idea um, on some of my Calvinist videos. And those are coming from Calvinists who are, are kind of talking about this idea of faith and if faith is something that we choose to have, then we are somehow adding to our salvation. So I'm going to continue on responding to that. And I have just a kind of a, a different uh, angle that I want to approach uh, this with um, in this video. So I think that when Calvinists argue that God must decisively cause us to have faith or else we are adding our own righteousness to salvation, then what they are demonstrating is a fundamental misunderstanding of the nature of what faith is. That is, not works. So faith, I think, is clearly described by Paul as something that whatever it is, we can talk about what it is, but one thing we know it not is not is works. I think that is something that is just clearly, emphatically established by Paul. And so it, it's... It's honestly a bit confusing why this discussion even has to be had. I do not, I do not say this intending to be um, derogatory or insulting, but I feel like this is somewhat of an elementary concept, this idea of faith. Faith versus works. Faith is not a work. Uh, to have faith is not equivalent to doing righteousness. I just think that's sort of a basic level, um, you know, idea that's, taken for granted in the New Testament. And so all that said, just it is a bit confusing why this discussion even needs to be had. But I suppose at the end of the day, I can understand why if you have sort of these underlying assumptions about, about what total depravity is and, and about you know God's sovereignty where he, he must be meticulously controlling everything or he's not truly sovereign. I, I understand that if all these um, ideas are kind of coming into your view of Ephesians 1, why it would, or into this idea of faith, why it would be, um, you know, why the possibility would arise that you would um, maybe miss some things about it. So the point I want to look at right now is why if faith is something that uh, something that we're saved by, and it's, it's not actually our faith really, but God's faith, uh, then why does the Bible seem perfectly comfortable with consistently claiming that faith belongs to the one expressing it? So just these are just a few of many, many more verses. Mark 5.34, Mark 10.52, 
Matthew 9, 22, 1 Corinthians 15, 17, Luke 8, 48, Revelation 2, 19, 1 Peter 1, 7. Um, and so these are all passages, and again, there's many more that, that we could uh, look to where, you know, it's, it's referred to as, you know, to the believer, your faith or, or our faith. It's, it's, it's as if it belongs to us or in some form, um, you know, is being expressed by us. And it's, I don't know, it just, it just conveys this idea of, of ownership that I think would be a bit inappropriate if the Calvinist understanding of it was true. In other words, if faith is itself righteousness, if it's a righteous uh, activity that only God is able to, to cause or perform, then to say your faith, you know, like Jesus says in, in Mark 5, 34, he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Another place is Matthew 9, 22. Take courage, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Luke 7, 50, and Jesus told the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. 1 John 5, 4. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. First, uh, 2 Timothy 1, 5. I am reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy. Your faith. 2 Corinthians 1, 24. Not that we lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy. So, if faith is in itself some kind of righteousness and the sense of meriting or contributing to our salvation, then it would seem highly inappropriate for the authors of the New Testament, and I think pretty much all the authors of the New Testament do this, to consistently and unashamedly refer to it as your faith or our faith. Of course, at this point, a Calvinist could simply respond by saying that once God causes them to have faith, it becomes their own. But God also causes us to have his righteousness, and yet the Bible doesn't seem too comfortable with re ever referring it, uh, to it as our righteousness or your righteousness. Um, the Bible would say you're saved by your faith, but would the Bible say you're saved by your righteousness? Uh, God gives us righteousness too, doesn't he? And so, you know, there's a sense in which uh, yes, God gives us things, and then they belong to us. But I think it would we would agree probably that in, in many cases it would be a bit inappropriate or uh, misleading if Paul or the New Testament writers talked about how the believers were saved because of your righteousness or it's our righteousness that saved us. Even if God had gifted it to them, I think we'd agree that would be a little bit unsettling, right? And so if faith is equivalent to righteousness, as the Calvinist implies that it is, in some fashion, it is a righteous thing that, that totally depraved humans cannot perform. If that is the case, then again, I'm just asking why is the Bible perfectly comfortable with 99.9% with .9 of the time referring to it as your righteousness or, or your, your faith and our faith, as if it belongs and in some sense comes from us. So some examples, Romans 3.21, it says, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. So it's not now apart from the law, our righteousness has been made known. 
It's giving ownership of the righteousness to God. But again, yet it's fine saying it's your faith through which that righteousness is given. Um, so Isaiah 46, 13, I am bringing my righteousness near, says the Lord. So again, God is making sure to take ownership of the righteousness. Uh, and then Romans 1, 17, for the gospel reveals the righteousness of God that comes by faith, that's interesting, from start to finish. So God is taking ownership of the righteousness of God, uh, the, the righteousness is his, um, and it comes by faith. Well, whose faith? What faith? Uh, well, I think if we look back at all these passages, again, 2 Timothy 1.5, I am reminded, Timothy, of your faith. Uh, this is the victory, says 1 John 5.4, that overcomes the world, even our faith. 2 Corinthians 1.24, not that we lorded over your faith, Corinthians, but we work with you for your joy. So the righteousness that belongs to God comes by our faith. God's righteousness, our faith. The Bible's perfectly comfortable with wording it this way. And so um, with attributing, it's comfortable with attributing faith to the person expressing it, uh, but is quite hesitant to give ownership of righteousness to believers. Um, so there are instances such as 1 Corinthians uh, 1, I think it's 30, that talks about how Christ has become to us wisdom from God, our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So there it, it's, it does use that word or the phrase our uh, righteousness, but it says Christ has become that for us. It makes sure to to emphasize and make clear that that righteousness is not coming from us. Um, it's our righteousness, but it's Christ in us who is that. It's not us. It's not truly ours. It's Christ in us. So the Bible is, I think, if if it goes to the, the point of, of using that phrase, our or your righteousness, it seems like it makes clear that, in fact, it is, though, it's coming from uh, God, or as in the case in 1 Corinthians 130, it goes so far as to make clear that that righteousness is actually Christ. It's Christ in us. So in other words, Jesus never told a person, your righteousness has made you well. And Paul never says, our righteousness reconciles us with God. However, Jesus was perfectly comfortable saying to those who believed, your faith has made you well. And Paul, Peter, and John were perfectly comfortable saying to believers things like, you know, again, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Again, imagine, imagine them saying, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our righteousness. Uh, I just think that would make everybody in the room uncomfortable, and, and we'd have to rethink a lot of things about how we view the gospel. Um, but again, it's perfectly comfortable doing that with faith, so the question is why? Calvinists argue that if we, if we choose to believe, then that faith is in part our own and that this somehow works against or negates God's grace as the only ultimate source of our salvation. When, so it's like that monergism, synergism uh, uh, idea that they, they bring up, which I just think is a, a false dilemma that, again, is rooted from not really understanding what faith actually is and what it's not. So when they do this, uh, they are simply creating an objection that the Bible does not have. An objection rooted, I think, in philosophical deductions and theological assumptions rather than in simply taking the Bible for what it says about faith. In some sense, at least, uh, it truly belongs to us. All that say, 
the Calvinist assumption that faith needs to be a gift caused by God, I think, demonstrates a fundamental misunderstanding of the way the Bible describes the nature of faith being something that is rightly, at least in Paul's mind, it's right to contrast faith with works or self-righteousness, and it is not right to equate the two as if they are the same. To only approach God with faith is the exact opposite of coming to God with self-righteous works. That's Romans 9, 30 uh, through 32, again, which says, uh, the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, uh, a righteousness that is by faith, but Israel who pursued a law of righteousness has not attained it. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were based on works. So if one is simply approaching God by faith, then by definition, what they are not approaching God with is good works. I understand a lot of this is repetitive, but I just, uh, I, I, I think it, it obviously there's a need in some way to make this clear. And so that's what I want to do whatever I can to attempt to make it clear. So I honestly have a hard time comprehending, as I've kind of mentioned already, why such a basic and seemingly clear, uh, clearly laid out even concept can be so misunderstood by Calvinism. If faith is not righteousness, as I think is clear that the, the scriptures teach, then faith is also not self-righteousness, if and when we choose to have it.